Welcome back to How You Slice It, everybody. Today, um, we have a very special guest you may have come across. I am actually confident you've come across his social media content and presence. Uh, you may know Salvatore Mand. Help me out with that, Sal. Mandreucci. Mandreucci, uh, better known as Sally Slices, on the How You Slice It podcast. Created by, we have a lot of slice here today. We're, we're, we're going to slice it up. Sal is the CEO of Inspiration, as he says, and he's one of the most famous pizzaiolas in the world with about 5 million and I'm sure growing very fast collective followers across social media, which we'll get into. How do you get so famous? Uh, I think today you'll learn about the secret sauce to connecting with your audience uh, and how Marcello's Pizza and Grill really witnessed a lot of growth as a result of your commitment to, uh, to social media. I also want to learn more about the famous Corleone, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Welcome to How You Slice It, Sal. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me, Lee. I'm excited. Let's get into it, man. So, um, you know, you 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 work at your father's shop, Marcello's Pizza in uh, Hamilton, New Jersey, which is I would say southern southern part of New Jersey, correct? Central Southern, yeah. right? And walk me through. How did you get your start? At what age were you uh, were you getting involved there? Tell me more about your family history. Beautiful. So I will start from uh, from the Don Marcellino Marcello. So my father came here when he was sixteen from Perini, Sicily. It's right outside of Palermo, and uh, he didn't know a lick of English. He, my dad always told me I, I thought I was going to come to America and everybody's going to be speaking Italian, but that, that wasn't the case. So he got here and he worked. 24-7 at my Uncle Tom's place in Edison. Mm. And every single penny he made, he sent back to my Nona and Carini. They were a very poor family. And, uh, you know, my father really instilled that in me and my sisters at a young age. That family really is all through and through what matters in life. No matter what you're doing, no matter how big it is, the family always comes first. So my father came here and uh, he kept saving his money, saving his money, saving his money. And he opened up his first pizzeria in Carteret. Bella's Pizza. Uh, this is probably some sometime in the late 90s, early 80s. Um, then he, he had that establishment and he moved to a place that he was very, very famous and known for, Marcello's in Bordentown. It's about 15 minutes away from our location, 20 minutes now, but he's the original owner of Marcello's in Bordentown. So my dad slowly learned the language, never stopped working. He met my beautiful mother, Margaret. She's Irish and American. And uh, they fell in love. Boom, slices came out. And uh, now I'm here with two amazing sisters. And uh, to me, how I got into pizzeria, I'm going to be honest with you, Alir. I was a knucklehead kid. I didn't want to work. <laughs> I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't want to think of work. All I liked to do was when I, from like 14 to 18, I just wanted to go out and, and party. You know, you're still under the age to drink. So if you go to a party, there's some liquor. You feel like a tough guy and drink with your friends. All I cared about was the weekend. I, I was not good in school. I did not fit in in school. I I was in all special ed classes. I, I couldn't focus. I had really bad ADHD. But growing up, it was a big challenge for me because I was still discovering myself. I feel, a lot, I feel like everybody around me knew what they wanted to do and who they were. I had no idea. So... I started the pizzeria when I was like 17, delivering in my Ford Contour, my 97 Contour. Beautiful. I'll never forget that part, man. I started delivering in it, and little by little, I went to the kitchen. I started cleaning dishes, uh, you know, doing dressings. My sister was working there before me, died at me. She was a super big help. And uh, one day, I told my dad when I was around 18, I was like, I want to learn how to make pizza. 
I was like, that's where the fun is. You, you, you know, the dough feels good. Before you start making pizza, you think it's so cool because the dough's so soft. I started making pizza. I got really good at it like that. I got super, super the natural. Yeah. So I started making a pizza and I realized this isn't so fun anymore. <laughs> it was crazy. We, you know, Fridays at the pizzeria, it's like, uh, it's like, it's, it's unbelievable. So I, I slowly started to learn the value of work. So I told myself, I might not know what I want to do, but I know from my father really working his ass off and watching him work in the pizzeria, you have to work hard if you really want to make something of yourself. There's no shortcuts in anything. I'm really lucky that I found that out at 18 and, and I started making pizzas and that's how I got into the shop later. My uh, my grandfather would say that would say that to me all the time. My grandfather worked at a pizza shop in Manhattan in uh, in 1975. I read that about yeah, I read that yeah yeah. And then uh, and then more more recently in the early 2000s, uh, my grandfather, my uncle, ran a shop in Brooklyn called John Anthony's. And then my grandfather got a little bit older. And he couldn't really work as much in, anymore. And as a young kid, you know, we're going in and uh, helping out, doing deliveries, whatever. And re- regardless of what job we were doing, my grandfather would say, I don't know that you realize how lucky you are that you actually get to work. Uh, and that that has always stuck with me. And I completely agree. There is no substitute for hard work. No, that, that's, uh, I mean, your grandfather was right. I mean, it is it is a blessing every day. And I feel like in, in this, in especially my generation, a little bit of my generation and all the ones below me, it's like, you got the opportunity of a roof over. Like I didn't see it this way when I was a punk kid that like you have a roof, <laughs> you have food and like the world is yours. Like you could do whatever you want. Like yeah. you could literally dictate your life, but a lot of kids and I, I blame this generation and this world as it is nowadays, it's very comforting. People want you to abide by the rules. They want you to work the nine to five. They want you to, in a sense, become a slave to the dollar, okay? There's nothing wrong with college. I just never liked school. I think college is a beautiful route if you know specifically what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. If if you're in if you're in a situation where you go to college and you know you want to switch this major two years in, you want to switch that, you have to take more, it, you start even psyching yourself out more because you really feel like you don't know what you want to do when it's right it's right here. Everybody has a purpose in life. You know what I'm saying? So the privilege, the, the, the fact that we have the opportunity to wake up, have the opportunity to go to work, the, the, the world is yours. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of mindset. I couldn't agree more. You, you touched on it a little bit, but for a lot of the aspiring operators, how would you describe a Friday night at a pizza shop? A Friday night at a pizza shop. Hmm. <laughs> it's a Friday night at a pizza shop is like, it's like you feel like you are alone in this big pizza station, say you're a pizza man, and the tickets are coming out like Santa Claus gets on Christmas. Like they don't stop. You feel it's like a war zone, but it's a good rush. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you don't yeah. really realize how fast the time is going when you're nonstop moving. You know what I mean? And it took me a little bit to realize this when I was getting into work. I said, like, oh, I thought like, the lunch rush is four to eight. I said, like, that's four hours. Boom, eight o'clock. I was like, what, eight o'clock? Time flies. I didn't, I, you don't stop moving. And the, the bad thing is our pizza station, the counter is down here. <laughs> so when I stand up, I have to lean over. Every night I come home from work, I get a nice hot bag and I put it on my back, you know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I put out a tweet recently. I said, hey, every person that complains about an order being five minutes late on a Friday night should go and work at a pizza shop. 
That is the Friday night. That's a beautiful tweet, Larry. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Tell me more about the Corleone. How did that come to be? Okay. So the Corleone is a recipe all the way back from when my father was five years old in the piazza. He used to be a hair cutter. He used to cut hair at five. Yep. Yep. My dad came out of the womb. He said, I'm going to work. God bless him, right? So he started cutting hair. And every Sunday in a piazza, an old man from Corleone, the town over, would come to the piazza in, in the old school wagon. He described it to me and everything. And he would sell the Corleone. And my dad loved this pizza. Like, loved it. And this old man, who was the, the founder of the recipe, actually started noticing my dad always there. Like, he would leave his work like, for like 10 minutes, run and go back. And just, the pizza was that good. So him and my dad built a rapport. And... Um, you know, 40 years went by and me and my mom and my dad went back to Sicily to try and find the old man. And we found him right away. My the old man was still alive. God bless him. He knew who my father was. They started talking and my dad goes, whatever happened to that pizza? He goes, the Corleone, it's, you know, my, my, uh, my, my, my family still makes them, you know, holidays. Yeah. He goes, I you know bring it to America would be something crazy. He goes, you know what, Marcello, I'm going to give you the recipe. And the only thing I want you to do is not sell it until I pass in America. Wow. My dad got the recipe. When we were there, we figured we're going to patent. My dad got that recipe patent from the mayor of Corleone. Nobody could name it to Corleone. Nobody could touch it. So we went back to the States. God willing, the old man passed about a year later. And we started selling the Corleone in his name. And that's we started about eight, nine years ago. We started selling the Corleone. To the extent you can share, describe the Corleone. Corleone... If you look at it, it looks like a Sicilian, but it is day and night. It is by no means a Sicilian. It's a rectangle. It's cut in eight. It has the most beautiful sauce. When you taste this pizza, it's not too sweet. It's not too uh, potent. It's perfect sauce. The dough, when you bite into it, it's like you're biting a cracker. It's so light. It's thick, but it's light. A lot of people that come in, it's a repeating occurrence. They say, it's so airy to dough. You know, I feel like I, eat, like I ate four slices. I feel like I eat a whole pie. I was like, that's the beauty of the Corleone. And like people are coming from all over the world. At first it was the States. I, people are from California, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio. Now people are coming from Bayern. People are coming from Australia, New Zealand. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I, wa- I want to try it right now. <laughs> you got to come by, man. I will absolutely come by. And you before- talk to my old school father about having slice over there because we ran into this problem before, but he's old school. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have a good conversation. I have, I have no concerns about that, but I will come by. Uh, and before we get to, uh, I want to talk about your social media and uh, the audience you've built. For people who want to try the Corleone, what's the address of the shop? The address is 45 George Dye Road, D-Y-E Road in Hamilton, New Jersey. Awesome. Awesome. I hope people will uh, swing by and Thank take you. a ride and, and, and try it out. I remember it was, I, I would say now maybe like two years ago, uh, I may be off a little bit on time, when one day my phone blew up with, because everybody knows me and knows my history and pizza and obviously the uh, the business history. And each individual didn't know that they were reaching out to me, but they were all reaching out to me at the same time, sharing your video on TikTok, your famous Sally Slices video. Uh, the that first you, one. The, the first one, the breakout for those who haven't watched it. 
give people a, a glimpse into what that video means to you and like how did you how did you come up with it so from the luck of having such talented friends, my friend Patrick Virgie and Dominic Dada. You, you spoke to Dominic in the past. I, I did, yeah. They are very, very witty with the film. They don't have the best cameras, but they have a good camera and they could, they could film anything. So when I was starting to blow up, the big plan and my message I was getting across was taking down big pizza, the fake bulk, you know what I mean? The yeah. fake stuff, Papa John, Domino's, Little C, all that garbage. The plan was... The reason for that video was to be like Rocky, like the underdog, taking on these big corporation pizzas and 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 delivering justice and good homemade mom and pop pizza to the community. So I'll never forget it, man. We were in Philly for a whole day. We shot it. We had a great time. The feeling that we people like stopping on the side of the road asking us, what are you shooting? Because it looks so great. Um, <laughs> and it was definitely a great for my first video that ever went really, really big. I wouldn't want it to be any other video than that video because it shows the the wholesome and sentimental part of my brand that I, I want to instill in every part that I do. It, it was awesome, Malia. Awesome. It was, I mean, it's one of my favorite videos. I think it'll be a great video for decades. It's it's one of those pieces of content that will be relevant regardless of whether it's you know 1980 or or 2050. And exactly. and the authenticity that came across was uh uh, was awesome and and you were you were great in it. So strongly recommend for anyone to go and just follow Sally Slices. You'll see the video. You can't miss it. It's it's awesome. And then walk me through. You know what happens from there. Uh, you continue to build your following. Uh, would love to also learn more about what you said before we started recording. So your philosophy on on social media. But yeah, what, how did you how did you continue from there? Like it's tough to top that. It is, yeah, it was very difficult too, but our, our mindset going into these little production videos that we make was to never expect anything. That's kind of because we, we, we released the first video we ever released was the Rocky video. I don't know if you ever saw it. And it was brilliant, but it didn't get the attention we wanted to. And we were kind of let down and discouraged. So we all spoke together and said, listen, from what we make from now on, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just make this stuff and put it out. You know what I mean? So it was very hard to top that. The whole plan for that video was that I was actually going to vacuum seal the Corleone and ship them. Me and my family did it for about a week at the pizzeria, but the volume and quantity of orders that we got, we stood no chance. We went through maybe a quarter of the orders. I think it was like we got 1,400 orders in one week. Wow. It, it was it was crazy. It was, it was me with the dream. You know, you had me and my mom driving from the pizzeria to the post office after we, you know, manufacturing legally, put the uh, ingredient facts on it, you know, walk through the whole thing. We just back and forth all day and we weren't even putting a dent in the uh, demand. Wow. So uh, it was an experience learned, but I traveled out to Chicago about a month ago with my father and we found a place called Taste of Chicago. And they're very interested in the Corleone. We showed them how to make it. Uh, they can manufacture it and distribute it. So what comes around and goes around, we failed doing it on our own, but now we have help. There's no, no it's supposed to release in January, but uh, you know, stuff like this takes a little bit more time. So sometime in the beginning of next year, we're gonna come back strong and we're gonna take that back over. Um uh, I can't wait for that. And I'm guessing that'll be available in like supermarkets. So or, first, yeah. yeah, so that's a great question. So first, what we're gonna do is have a link. And then let people just order them straight to that link. 
And that'll be sort of shipped directly to them. Shipped directly to them, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're planning on doing packs of two and packs of four. We're going through Gold Belly. The supermarket stuff, I would love to do after I see the analytics of the, the online order. I want to see how good it is, how, you know, if it did improve on it, and then eventually go into supermarkets. Uh, but that's the plan. Amazing. And really excited for you. Congratulations. Uh, we Thank can you. talk after and if, if there's any way we can help. We'd love to do that. How, how has social media helped the business beyond the Corleone sort of uh, frozen, not frozen, but like the direct to consumer business? How has it helped the pizza shop itself? What is the before and after? Uh, the before and after is normal to out of the water. Uh, once we, I solidified myself as the pizza TikTok guy, Aaliyah, I shit you not. We have people coming at all times of the day from different parts of the state, different parts of the country. At times they come in, it's like they call each other at the same time, they're coming at once. The beauty of it is I get to meet so many amazing people. And I say to myself every day, without these amazing supporters, there'd be no Sally Slices. So every single customer that comes to visit me, it truly makes a mark on my heart. And it's 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 blown profits, but besides all the profits and everything, it's made me really understand back to what I was saying is the value of social media. It's unbelievable. What is your advice to to people or operators, uh, owners who want to invest in that platform? Because I, look, I think uh, my biggest lesson in talking to you and talking to other people who have really unlocked social media is you are yourself, you're authentic, you say what you feel, and you're not afraid to do that in front of a camera or in front of a, you know, a TikTok post or whatever it may be. Provide some advice for people who may want to dip their toes in social media, if not uh, go all in. What is some advice you have for folks? I think that you started off great. You know, being yourself and truly showing a natural part of you and not being afraid to embrace it. My whole life, I was, my, everybody told me, Sal, you should go into play. You should go do, so I'm not doing the play. I'm on the cross part. What, what, what business am I doing to play? You should do this. You should do that. It took my ego to take a step back and to actually do it. I started posting. I didn't want to at first because I, you know, I still, you know, iffy about it. But after a week, when I realized that this is my passion and I love entertaining people, it takes doing it. Just being yourself, having charisma and posting videos on what you do every day. What could possibly go wrong? You know how many hate the first five months of TikTok? I had so many haters, but then again, I had so many supporters. And my mom always told me, Sal, when you started, a lot of haters, it's going to be a lot of obstacles. I said, I don't give a shit what these people say. <laughs> but the ego, that's what I'm saying. But the ego and yourself are two different people. I don't care. But this, you know, this guy does. So yeah. it took a little bit to warm my ego up to it. Now, the way I look at it is everybody who hates on what I do, they're adding to the algorithm. They're adding to the interaction with the video. They're doing me a favor. So if I can, I want more haters to comment on my videos. That's uh, that's really well said. But at the end of the day, uh, if you don't have a really loud audience on either side, that means you're probably playing it too safe. That means you're probably trying to say what people want to hear. Yes. But if you're, what I've learned is authenticity creates very passionate audiences on both sides of the spectrum. That means you're doing it right. And yeah. um, 
It's impossible to, to obviously please everybody, especially when you put yourself out there consistently every single day, every single week. Yes. Um, what is, uh, what's the vision for Sally Slices? And then I'd love to zoom in a little bit more and learn more about what you want to accomplish for the pizza shop or the, or the business. So I think the mission for Sally Slices is already completed. I had a lot of people who DM me, they're going through really rough times and I answer as many as I can. And I have people who who message me saying I changed their life, comment nonstop. And just that alone, you know, when 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 somebody tells you it, you don't really understand that, oh, like you, you, you know, you're changing somebody's life. When you really ground yourself and, and understand the impact you have on all these people, that is the mission done for me. I have dreams that I'm also chasing, but the mission for Sally Slices as a man, it's already done. What are the what are the dreams you're chasing? I want to be a big actor. I'm on my road to doing it. We just had a, a meeting with the Nassau Film Festival owner in Princeton. Uh, he really, really is interested in my cinematographer, uh, Syndicate Films. He is Vinny's out of this world. He's super talented. We found each other. We became best friends. Uh, I made a lot of cinematic short skits that I pinned on my profile. Uh, but we're writing a short film for this festival. And by no doubts, I have no doubt we'll blow everything out of the water and I'll move to the next film festival, then the next. Ultimately, my goal is to get, you know, on Hulu and Netflix, which will happen. It's only a matter of time. The Oscars will come later, but for now, I gotta focus on uh Hulu and Netflix. Well, one step at a time. I was that's gonna right. say it'll be uh it'll be fun to watch you on a on a film that's being, you know, either launched on Netflix. But what if what if you have the first ever you know, film movie that's, you know, launched on YouTube or or a platform that isn't necessarily today synonymous with with watching film, but perhaps wants to go that's, in that direction. That's a brilliant, that's a brilliant uh pointer because you know, <laughs> like we said, social media rules the world. Exactly. Movie theaters are gonna go out of business soon. I uh, I agree with you. I, I honestly I think that you know all this trap with Amazon, with Netflix, Hulu, HBO. People don't gotta go out anymore. Go out for a popcorn. You get the popcorn and shop right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So definitely adapting to the whole social media aspect when it comes to film is something we're gonna hundred percent tackle. And I have no doubts we'll, we'll make the best of it. I uh, I have no doubts as well. What about for for the shop for the business? For the business, the first thing is obviously you know I want to keep better in the pizzeria in any way I can. I think that my mission for the pizzeria, it's not over, but it's steady and it's beautiful. It's doing what it has to do. I want to, you know, I really want to hit a milestone to get my dad out of there. But I have a feeling even if I do, my dad is, loves the business too much. and going to stay in there. Uh, I'm going to have to get a crowbar to get him out. But, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, change the ones I love around me. I'm trying to make their life a little bit better. So I think with the pizzeria, it's steady. It's good. But, you know, I have other missions with my parents and my sisters. Awesome. So you mentioned, and by the way, your dad is not alone in this, and they have a lot of reasons to be very skeptical of changing technologies or environments. Your dad is old school, does not want to implement technology or dabble too much with things that, you know, it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. If that wasn't your dad and you were going there and talking to him about adapting, what what would be what would be your advice to an old school pizza operator when it comes to technology? This is this you're not going to get the same if you, if you really tackle social media and you you put all in for a couple months. 
the the progress you're going to get from that is way more beneficial than any progress you could do on your own. Yeah, you might have loyal customers, but the world keeps spinning, man. You got to keep you got you got to keep attracting new people because they aren't the only place. That's that's right. That's right. That's really all I had. Any uh, anything else you want to share with the audience? I think this was uh, super helpful. I love your advice on on putting yourself out there. Uh, love your advice on adapting. What is the one last thing you would leave the audience with? And again, this is mostly pizzeria operators and um, and uh, owners. Listen, start if you have asked to be TikTok. Start on TikTok. Post three times a day. Three times something a day. funny. Start with three times a day. Be different but also be yourself and give social media a real shot until, you know, you paint a picture of it falsely in your head, really give it a shot. And you might find that you enjoy it more than you thought you would. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. This was super insightful. Can't wait to come by and good luck in your continued uh, sort of success, but also uh, can't wait to watch you on Netflix or YouTube or you know, when you, when you accept an Oscar, I'll look back to this conversation and say, hey, I know that guy. Mr. Lear, you're a pleasure. You're a blessing, brother. Thank you for having me on today. Man.